Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining in with us today, which is June 6, 2018. We are all going to be transformed today in mind, body, and spirit through an expert in his field. His name is Bob. Is, is Bob, is your last name Choit? Choit. 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 Okay. Yes, ma'am. He's the host of the School of Transformation podcast. He's the author of Mind Your Own Fitness, and he's coming up with a new book, Developing the Champion Within. He's also the founder of Mind Hack Academy, and his articles on peak performance have been published in a great deal of reputable publications and websites. He's actually known as a transformational grandmaster. So come on on, Bob. Let's get started. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. You know, even though uh, I told you a lot of this stuff, but when you say it in terms of that, and I said, is that really me? I mean, it sounds really, <laughs> really awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> I I like to start the show out because it's really kind of fun to get into the background of my guests. Yeah. How did you get on this path? When did it all start? I think my whole life has been about transformation. Going back to when I was really young and starting out in the martial arts when I was less than knee-high to a grasshopper. I mean, I was really, really young. It was. I think I was uh, young at 18 months old, starting it out. And... <laughs> weren't you like five? Weren't you like? Weren't you five years old when your mother got you started on it? 18 months old, and then. Oh my God. Then later Jeez. on, yeah. Then later on, I studied in Okinawa as a kid, and just throughout my whole life. So martial arts has been a foundation for everything I do. And even helping me to, uh, in a sense, develop resilience from a lot of the, the things I had, including my, my dad uh, beating me up and everything like that as a child mm-hmm. and been a lifelong stutterer and being diagnosed as being mentally retarded. I mean, all these kind of things. I mean, I was uh, the diagnostic. The diagnostic label back in those days, I was labeled as a moron. So that's the way oh people, yeah, it, it was an actual diagnostic label back back in the day. And I didn't know that. Times have changed. 
yeah, times have changed. It's shifted, and, and they no, no longer can call people morons mm-hmm. unless there's psychologists that are stuck from back in that era. And, mm-hmm. But most of them are probably gone or whatever. And, but, yeah, times have changed, and, and in terms of own transformation, again, the martial arts has helped me in sports and everything, and, and then eventually going into the Marine Corps and, and doing that, and then the mm-hmm. LAPD, and then a multitude of other things. I, I like to call myself what's called a polymath. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. No, uh, I have not. Yeah, so in essence, what a polymath is, is a person who is uh, basically an expert in a lot of different areas. A jack mm-hmm. of all trades, the, the Renaissance okay. man, are, are yeah, so, but, but it's actually known as a polymath, and, and that's the way I tend to develop myself. So while martial arts is, is a basis, I studied across a lot of different areas. And, and had a lot of different experiences throughout my, le- my life. And, and again, like I said, my life has been a constant transformation. And that's really served me quite well. Instead of just focusing on one area of life, I've been able to, to do several things, put it together, and then create new things. And then uh, working with other people, including up, up to latest, uh, where I found my partner, Sophie Nubani, who's out of Orlando, Florida, and we came together and developed what's called the Laughter Mindset Workshop. And she happens to be a laughter yoga, certified laughter yoga instructor. And my expertise in terms of mindset and psychology and neuroscience and uh, also an NLP trainer so and, and also hypnosis kind of combined it all together. And she also mm-hmm. has a background in NLP. I don't know if you, if you, you know what it is, right? NLP, yes. Neural, mm-hmm. yes. So, so, so we combined it together to create the laughter mindset uh, program, and and we just did our very first workshop in Orlando, Florida, which was a lot of fun. I mean, that was like, oh wow, you know, we got rid of the typical classroom. We did a semicircle, and and we both just interacted with the audience and. So for our, for our first workshop, I, th- I thought we did quite well. And I thought she did amazing because she's never done a workshop ever. And it's her first one, and she, she nailed it big time. So I was so proud of her seeing her doing that. And transformation is what I help people with in a lot of different areas, uh, especially regarding business and, and people that want to grow and being able to take themselves to the next level. Because even in mm-hmm. business, it starts with you. It starts with you and your own personal growth. And if you're not mm-hmm. growing, if you're not transforming, your business is not going to transform as well. So it really mm-hmm. it starts with, 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 with the individual. So, I, so I, I love working in that arena. I love working with entrepreneurs as well. And, and anybody that wants to take themselves to that next level, to transform, to grow, to become the best version of themselves. Well, the Laughter Mindset Workshop, that's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, laughter is, it really is our best medicine. And I assume that when you incorporate that into your workshop, a lot of, let's say, individual uh, goals on a personal Mm -hmm. level that people want to achieve, it probably, it probably opens opens them up 
to being able to take in new ideas. Absolutely. In fact, laughter, and if we look at the main uh, neurotransmitters that are being produced, uh, we, we look at endorphins. So endorphins mm-hmm. we know as a natural drug with inside of us, and, and it helps to alleviate pain. So people that, that go through workouts, they get a lot of endorphins, but they, re- they don't really feel the pain. They may feel a burn or something like that, but the pain is, is not there. Even if they stub a toe or something like that, they're not going to feel it right, right away because of the endorphins involved. Then also dopamine, which we know mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is for addiction, all that kind of stuff. And so that's, that's being produced, and then serotonin and, and then uh, oxytocin, all these other uh, neurotransmitters. But again, one of the things that when you get a group of people together and they laugh, and I'm sure you've been through this as well, is that we create stronger bonding in business. It's imperative, especially for the leaders, to be able to, to bond, so everybody to be able to bond together to create an amazing teamwork. And laughter, laughter is a is a big ingredient to help to create that. And and when you get the people, the group together, everybody's laughing and all these kind of crazy things. It's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people are, are able to release themselves from their masks on a temporary basis because everybody is laughing. And, <laughs> and, 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 yeah, we go around wearing masks all the time. Laughter mm-hmm. alleviates that. And in terms of transforming ourselves, part of that is taking off the mask. Mm-hmm. If we're able to look at ourselves, our pure self, our inner selves, then, then we can transform. But if we continue to wear the mask, a mask in whatever environment, if we continue to wear that without allowing our true selves, our authentic selves to come out, transformation is just not going to happen. It'll be superficial at best. Pure transformation is just not there. I had to learn that the hard way with myself. So now I no longer need to like put on this front as wherever I go as this hardcore jarhead, the um, (laughs) hardcore martial artist, the, that that kind of person. I can go out where my clown knows I I have, I have puppets. I have two puppets, uh, Rocky and Sasha, which I use and, and, and I've had them uh, on video and everything like that. And, they're part of the, the Laughter Mindset program. My partner, Sophie, she has her, her, her puppet named Sophie Boo. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's great. So I can be that child again without worrying. I don't really care. You know, if people see me, you know, what's this, what's this older guy, this guy in the 60s, I'm playing with puppets. I said, you know, I'm, I'm in my 60s and I do parkour too, so. Oh, there. <laughs> so I yes, just have fun uh, with it. It, it just, uh, you just reminded me of Alan Klein. Have you heard of him? He's out of San Francisco. Yes, he calls himself the, yeah. oh, you have. The, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed him a couple of times on my show. He's just, oh, he's just a wonderful, wonderful man. And um, his books are really funny. <laughs> I think he yeah, calls himself love- the laugh, the laugh, Oologist. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, when I was doing some of the research on laughter, I came across him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. 
So that's really cool. In fact, I'm glad that you uh, told me about him. I should get in contact with him. I said, uh, how about if you come on as a special uh, guest speaker for the Laughter Mindset Workshop? You should. You really, you really, really should because he... He's just amazing. I, I I can't say enough good about the man. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what this world needs. Mm-hmm. Are people like him, the, the laughter and everything, and and my friend, uh, my good friend Lee Rubin, who's the he's a cartoonist. Uh, I don't know if, if you know Rube's cartoons. Have you seen it? Uh, I don't believe I have. Used to be like have. everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, he was very popular with his cartoons and everything like that. And, yeah, he would be a, a, another good. In fact, I should get your contact with him as well. But, yeah, uh, I, I think he would yeah. be great. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'd be, I'll, I'll shoot you, I'll shoot you um, Alan's email, direct email address. Fantastic. So you, Fantastic. So you can reach him. Fantastic. That, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. And, I think, we, you know, while we do need to be serious in this country, in this world, I think we also need to use laughter to transform, to break down barriers. I mean, we have so many barriers put up, and we've seen this, uh, what's been happening lately in terms of especially the United States and across the globe and everything. I think laughter is, is a transformation kind of process that will, will open people up we can get people together and and be able to look at a common ground and laughter will always be a common ground will always be a common ground so we need to start there get i don't care whether they're politicians or people from different religious ideologies or or blue state red state or uh whoever is involved let's get people together and and just have a laughter before we start talking about anything else and see if we can just open up, open up a person's heart and, and open up everything else. Mm-hmm. And I had not seen that at all. And no, you don't, you don't, you really don't, uh, you know, television doesn't promote it much. Talk shows. Yeah. Rarely. I suppose if you thought about it, if if we left the house in the morning and we went out and we did all the errands or, or whatever work we're, we're doing, how many times a day do you actually laugh or you see people laughing? That'd be a really interesting yeah. social experiment. It would be. It would be. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good idea. Maybe I can do a social psychology uh, research on that. Let's get out there um, because I've done crazy things. I remember when I was uh, uh, going through my doctoral program and I did a social psychology mm-hmm. experiment and I wanted to see how uh, people reacted. So, so I had a survey made up and everything like that. And what I did, I went into lingerie stores towards secret. And here I, I saw, so I had my, my um, Marine Corps, uh, veteran baseball cap on and I walk into this one the race door this hardcore jarhead guy and mm-hmm. then I asked to try on different lingeries like bras and everything else and I wanted to see 
the, the, the people's responses, <laughs> and I would say, well, how does this fit right in front? Oh, and so, 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 so I would do Victoria's Secret. Then I went to um, Fredericks of Hollywood. I think they're mm-hmm. they're closed now. But so, so I went there, and then a couple others. And I wanted to get the reaction of all the people, what they thought. So I, I thought that that was a lot of fun, and perfect for the laughter mics. I wish I would have had video back then, and yeah, I had it shot. Ah. Oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> it would have been amazing. <laughs> Got it on YouTube, and whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, um, when we first start, started out talking, I know I'm digressing a bit. Did you have a mentor along the way? I've had a lot of mentors uh, okay. from uh, besides my mother. Uh, I had I remember being in Okinawa and my sensei back then, and and he taught me a lot in terms of the right way of discipline, and not where you where you're beating somebody. But yeah, I went through a lot of pain through the training and everything. But he taught me a lot. Uh, I remember. Mm-hmm. You mean in the Marine Corps? Prior to, um, this was prior to the Marines when I was a kid. Oh, prior. Oh. And yes. who was it? Yes. It, was it was it? my sensei in Okinawa. I oh. don't remember his name. I was a, I was a, a young child back then. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember his name. It was so oh. many decades. It was a long time ago. Oh, yeah, and you're oh, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it might be an old memory, but you're not that old. It it it, it was um it was uh, quite a bit. Um, gosh, what was it? Fifty, sixty years ago, or so somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> you were crawling. <laughs> Oh, you were probably crawling at that point. <laughs> You're so funny. Um, well, when one is in her 60s, oh, yeah. Towards uh, I do remember from junior high. Uh, so I had a teacher. His name was Mr. Tower. And it wasn't the stuff that he he said in class, but it was what he did. And I remember that he would, like, get up, like, before class started, and, and we were all watching. So he would be out there, uh, like, running back and forth, uh, doing all this kind of training and everything like that, really, really hard physical training. We were wondering because he was the only teacher we ever see doing anything like that. Then in the afternoon, he would be out there with the local high school playing baseball. And just doing a practice, 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 practice. And, and he was amazing at what he was doing. And we were watching him, like, before school, after school. And, and he would continue to do this day in and day out, every single day. He, he never missed a day at it. And then he came in. Now, this was towards the end of the school year. And he said, uh, you're probably wondering what I was doing with all the training and everything like that. And, and he says, I have a couple of things to tell you. The first thing is I won't be teaching uh, after this year. Uh, and the second thing is uh, all this training 
I tried out for the Atlanta Braves baseball team, mm. and I made it. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, yeah. So that was a lesson taught to me by mm-hmm. an action that he did. It was his dream mm-hmm. to be a professional baseball player, and and he made it. He never gave up on his dream, even though uh, when he was younger, he didn't do it. When he got a little bit older, he, he, he never gave up on his dream. And to me, that was, was a big lesson. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot from, from that. And then when I was in a Marine Corps, uh, the discipline I went through and the training and everything, and I'm not going to get into details of that because that would be a whole other show in of itself. I can tell you that every part of the training helped to take and transform me to the next level. Because it was mm-hmm. the challenges that taught me about challenge after challenge. You reach one challenge, then there's always going to be a next one, always the next one. You mm-hmm. reach one goal. You never want to end with one goal, but you go on to the next one and the next one, next one. And in our, in our things, it was the missions that we went through. Mm-hmm. So the training mm-hmm. was a goal, but then the missions we went on one after another after another. We're always training, training, training. We're trained two to three times a hard for a mission versus the actual mission. So this taught me that I need to be constantly honing myself in what mm-hmm. I do. So when I go out and apply into the real world, I'll be that much better off. And this is, but you know, it helped me. You know, you know, Bob, a lot of people no. don't know what it is they want to do. They don't, once they've True. achieved one goal, they don't know what the next one is going to mm-hmm. be. So uh, how do you um, help people turn yes. on that? So most people are stuck in other people's goals. That's, that's always, and I, I don't care where they're at. They, they may be an Olympic athlete. And that athlete has been stuck in somebody else's goal, be it their parents or be it a, a coach who pushed them or something like that. Not every one of them, but a, a great number of people are stuck in somebody else's goal. Once they reach that goal, and we see this with people that reach the highest levels, especially world-class athletes, is that they have nothing else. They haven't because they, they missed out mm-hmm. on one key thing who they really are, who they really, what was the person you, not, again, earlier I mentioned the masks that have been put on, and the masks are created from the beliefs and, and, and everything else that people have piled on to you. So what I do is help people to uncover those, those layers. And the way I like to describe it, uh, have you, just, you heard the story of the Golden Buddha? No. Okay. So in the story of the Golden Buddha, so I'm going to start off. So in May of 1954 at the, the uh, largest uh, temple in Thailand, in, in Bangkok, uh, they, they had this huge clay Buddha and clay and, and, and plaster and everything. And, and they were doing some renovations there and, during the renovations, the Buddha formed a crack. And so they got worried about it. They went to go check it out. And underneath, through this crack, 
there was actually a Buddha of solid gold, pure gold. In fact, it's listed, listed in the Guinness's Book of World Records as a single largest piece of gold, I believe about 15 tons of gold in that one statue. So they uncovered it, and there it was. Beautiful. I mean, you, you can imagine. And, by the way, you can go there, and it, the, the casts are still down there next to it. And, and the reason I tell the story is because you go back centuries before, and back at the Temple of the Golden Buddha, there used to be like these warring armies used to come into Bangkok and they used to steal things of value. And the monks at that time, in order to protect the golden Buddha, they covered it up. They covered it up with, with the plaster and clay. So nobody would even know. So when these armies came in, the uh, monks, when, when they asked monks, where are your, are your valuables? They said they didn't know. So all the monks were killed. Gosh. New monks came in. So new monks came in, and they didn't know there was a golden Buddha. All they for all these centuries later, they only saw this uh, large clay Buddha, and it wasn't until that fateful day when the truth was revealed. So this story shows exactly what happens with us when we're born. We come mm-hmm. into this world so pure, like that golden Buddha. But our parents and, and schools and our society and our cultures, they start piling on all these beliefs. They do it probably for the, for the right reasons, but in a wrong way. They do it. They mm-hmm. think they're protecting us just like that, that Buddha that was covered up, mm-hmm. who we really are, because mm-hmm. we're told who, we're, who we are supposed to be. I was that way. I thought I was supposed to be one way. I never thought mm-hmm. that I would ever be a public speaker. I've been a lifelong stutterer. My greatest fear was public speaking. Now it's my greatest passion. And mm-hmm. I had to uncover that clay in order for who I am to really come out. I thought I had to be this or this or this. The honest truth was those were maybe aspects of me, but it wasn't the the pure self that I had to uncover mm-hmm. and, and just let loose and, and let the world see me. And, and then I, because of that, and because of when I found my authenticity, I found my greater purpose in life and moving forward, whatever I do, once I had that foundational purpose and I have a mission, every single goal that I set, every single goal will be based off of that. But I wouldn't. I would how, never have gotten there had I not had I not uncovered just like the golden Buddha. How did Buddha. you do that? How how did you uncover that? You know, how did you find your foundational purpose? What process did you go through, and what process do you mm-hmm. to, you, you help other people go through to find theirs? So in my case, it was just experimenting to see what fit with me. Earlier I said I was a polymath because I like to learn a lot of things. And part of that was I went on the, the road, the journey, so I, I, I set that one foot forward, and part of that was, yeah, I'm going to see what kind of mistakes I can make, who I can meet, who was there, and 
learning from reading books. I'm a, one of the things, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in reading and applying. Mm-hmm. I have, I mean, I have so many, so many thousands and thousands of books, and I've gone through it, and, and I went on a course of study through getting uh, my doctorates in psychology, and, and again, earlier I said NLP and everything like that. I learned to, the, to utilize every single tool that I could find to help myself. Mm-hmm. I learned it to hypnotize myself as well, as well as, being, as, as meeting other people who were even better than I was in terms of hypnosis, and I continued to learn. So I've, I looked and I found the best that I could find, whether it's in psychology, whether it's in neuroscience, in hypnosis. I studied uh, out here in, in, a, in a San Fernando Valley at Hip- Hypnosis Motivation Institute, and that's with, uh, I don't know if you know Dr. John Kappas. He was like one of the premier uh, people uh, doing uh, Mm, and, and then I learned a lot of people when I would not only on, on the public speaking stage, I think one of the things I learned of masks and everything was as a stage hypnotist. I was known as Bobby Spade, the ace hypnotist. And this was actually very interesting. And I didn't realize it until later on was that, when I have people up on stage and, and I take them to show the hypnosis show and, and they're mm-hmm. doing, uh, and we hear people clucking like a chicken. Now I never did anything like that. I had my own, own little things that I would do. So people up on stage and, and here's a lot of people don't realize regarding stage hypnosis is that I invite people up on stage. that want to be there now. I also, as a stage hypnotist, give people permission under hypnosis to do things that they always wanted to do. Those people up on stage may, maybe want to be actors. The truth mm-hmm. is they, in real life, they, they put on a mask so they don't have to seem like they're silly. Up on mm-hmm. stage, they're allowed to be silly and saying that they were hypnotized in, in doing all these crazy things. They, mm-hmm. But people really want to do it. People want to be childlike. Haven't you ever mm-hmm. ha- been want to be like the side of, of the public that's maybe a little bit silly and everything like that? I think we all do. Honest. Mm-hmm. We all do, exactly. Mm-hmm. But when we go into our jobs, we go into our careers, we go into the public eye, we put on a mask because we think that we're going to seem stupid Yet everybody else walking around are thinking the same thing. They're not mm-hmm. thinking about how another person is silly. They're, they're worried about themselves. So, so my process, what I've learned about myself, what I've taken myself through, through hypnosis and everything like that, is to tear apart all of that. And, again, mm-hmm. it's always been action that I learned. My number one fear was, was speaking in public. That was my number one fear. And I knew that if I could overcome that, that the world was my oyster, using that mm-hmm. analogy, mm-hmm. that I could do anything. Because it was, it was easier facing bullets than speaking on stage for me. 
much, much easier. I would rather have been yeah. shot and killed than, than speak on stage. And we most can say people, that, you know. The, most people are yes. that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I challenge them and my clients is that I will give them a homework assignment, but they have to take action. They have to go out and do something and, mm-hmm. and even fail at that time because that's where the learning is going to come in. When I first started speaking, I remember getting up the very first time. I was standing there like a deer uh, with headlights coming headlights. down on me. And, yeah, I was so scared. My eyes, I, I don't know, it was like glazed over, <laughs> and my stomach was acting all kinds of crazy. And mm-hmm. I was like, like, and I couldn't believe that I even was able to say anything. And I knew that I stuttered a little bit and, and did this and did that. And it was, it was crazy. I mean, I, I, I look back on it and says, was that really me back in those days? And it was, Bob. It was you all the way. You were that. You, you were so scared. And yeah. once public, public speaking, is, it's an interesting experience. Uh, I spoke in front of 500 people, and I mm-hmm. prepared for months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But what was more significant to me than anything else was the fact that when I was up there speaking, I could actually mm-hmm. connect with the audience. I was aware mm-hmm. of of what they were doing while I was speaking. Yes. In other words, when their facial first... expressions and, and everything that they were yeah. doing. That was it was that was wild. It was almost like an out of body experience. <laughs> <laughs> Now, let, let me ask you, when you compare that experience to speaking now, what, what is, is, is similar and what is transformed? Transformation came for me, mm-hmm. number one, I succeeded at it. Number mm-hmm. two, it really isn't as scary as you think it is. So, you know, overcoming fear. Yes. And, you know, fear itself is what stops people from doing a lot of things in life. And then, of course, yes. the third, I'm not afraid to talk to anybody anywhere. <laughs> yes. Good. 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 Yeah. For me, having to overcome that because I was uh, called dumb and stupid and the moron. Mm-hmm. And, stuttering. And yeah. I and stuttering, being a lifelong stutterer. In fact, one of mm-hmm. the things I like to say is that I was a member of two NSAs, the National Speakers Association and the National Stuttering Association. <laughs> and <laughs> now, while, oh. yeah, the, the stuttering, I don't even worry about that anymore. And, and I may notice it a lot. Most people don't, and it's fine. I allow mm-hmm. myself to to say what I'm going to say without any fear. And that's pretty much has, has gone away as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, oh, yeah. I try to I, force would, myself to. would never know that you yeah, were, I, ever I, had that affliction ever. <laughs> well, I can tell you that had I been back in those days and you would have been interviewing now, I would have been like, uh, uh, I would have been stuttering probably the whole time and not mm-hmm. being able to, you, you would be doing most of the talking guaranteed, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been, oh, can this guy, come on, say something, Bob. 
Uh, so you'll be doing a lot of talking. You'll ask questions. I may say a couple of words, that, that kind of thing. So, yeah, who mm-hmm. I am now and who I was back then. Again, it's going out there and simply just doing it. And mm-hmm. But but also it, any form of transformation takes a lot of work and dedication. It takes a lot. Yes. Yes. You're, you have to really greatest. want to do it. Yes. And and that's Nobody going back to you. Yeah. Uh, what I say is that why do you want to do it? Why do you want to be able to transform and become the better version of yourself? When a person can ask their why in in terms of their their heart and their spirit not just a, not just the the cognitive aspects of a why, but really own it emotionally. Then, going out there and facing facing your fears and stepping into that. Because I tell people that fear out there is where your transformation is going to happen. Nothing mm-hmm. else. You're 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 not going to get transformation from a book. You'll get ideas from a book. You'll get ideas and. The ideas will give you, in essence, a roadmap, but that roadmap goes through that fear. On the other side of the fear, on the other side of the fear is when you you will transform. Go there until you go into the fear. And, And like with you, and then like with me also, public speaking, now, with me, it was probably greater than, than yours in terms of the fear, but you did have some a little bit, right, back then, correct? Yes, of course. Yes. You stepped into the fear, and you came out stronger, and you say, you know, I can do this. In fact, this is kind of fun. In fact, I want to do this anywhere and everywhere. That's where I know that's where I got to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't care where it's at. I don't care how they to big crowd or how small how small the audience put me out there i mean yeah I, what was my greatest fear is now my greatest passion mm-hmm. and like being here and, and talking to you this is fun stuff for me i love this kind of stuff and yeah i could do this all day and and all year and uh, well and the one element I personally have observed in really good speakers, they're storytellers. Mm-hmm. That's what gets yes. them to connect with the audiences. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes, absolutely. In, in our personal story and everything like that. And again, anybody that is wanting to transform, and, and by the way, I think public speaking is a really, really, really good path. If you want to uh, like uncover and and go through a transformation, unless you're a psychopath or narcissistic, then I think going into a public speaking arena and even, even something like Toastmasters or speaking at Mm -hmm. uh, Rotary, or, or Kiwanis or something like that, step into that and feel the transformation. Public speaking, I think, is one of the greatest transformational tools that I have ever used for myself and mm-hmm. for others. 
that's one thing I suggest to a lot of my clients is to get out there and speak in public. And you could even start off by doing a webinar, being part of a of a uh, of a summit if you're an expert or something like that. Just get out there and get the experience, mm-hmm. because once that opens up, your your whole self is going to open up. If you're in business, if you run your own business, I think it's imperative to get out there and speak. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that I know a lot of CEOs that they have a fear of speaking in public. So that's one of the things I challenge them on is to get out there and speak. So I think speaking again, I've experienced, you've experienced this. It's, it's a great transformational, and I like to call it a tool. Even mm-hmm. though it's a fear, it's still a tool. You get out there and you do it. I would suggest like what you did, you did practice. I think that really helps a lot because you're, you're going mm-hmm. to go uh, well, on I hired a coach. I, I hired you a hired speaking coach. coach. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I surround myself with the best I could find. One of my good friends, he's a former president of the National Speakers Association. He's listed as one of the top speakers in the world, Jim Cathcart. In fact, I would su- suggest people go and, and check him out. He actually has one of the top TED Talks of all time with over, I think, 1.3 million views or something like that. And, and he's an amazing speaker, and I listen to him, and, and I absorb a lot of his stuff and everything mm-hmm. like that. So, so I think, like with you, with a coach and, or finding mm-hmm. people and associating with people, uh, I think that's uh, pretty powerful. And yeah. yeah, in fact, I should I should have Jim come on your show too. Oh, that'd be would, great. That'd uh, be wonderful. Jim is an amazing. Yeah, he's he's in Thousand Oaks. Oh, he is. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Send him yeah. our way. I sure will. You, yeah, you have a lot the email. Of, I do have the email. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then. I'm going to suggest some other people, and, and I will um, give you their names, but I think they'd be excellent for your show as well. And then, then my good friend who I've spoken with in public, and I was her coach, and that was uh, Dr. Lori Shemek. Yes, so, she's been on our show. She's wonderful. Yeah. So I she actually is in Chicago right now. Uh, she's on a, a panel discussion uh, with some top experts and everything. So she's doing that as good. we speak, I believe. Good. Yes. Good, good, good. Yes. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I love people to spread their word and spread their their passion. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's yeah. how we give back to society, really. You know? Yes, it is. It is. And so, I'm glad did you that you're talk? doing what you're doing. Thank what? you. Did you want to talk about... Um, your books at all today or uh well um when we talk about the, the develop the the champion within and that's going to be my next um, book uh part of what i've been talking about through this whole thing okay uh is that we are all champions mm-hmm. and we just don't know it we don't know that again uncovering that self as i talked about earlier Okay. Is that inside of each and every one of us is that champion. In whatever arena you're at, 
once you uncover and you find who you really are, then you find that purpose, then you're going to be the champion for that purpose. And that's what the book is about. It's about taking that, uh, taking that self to the next level. Now, I do bring in like mind, body, and spirit in everything I do, including in that book. And I think that we cannot be our best selves if we're not physically healthy and being that best self. And I'm going to suggest everybody in your audience to continue tuning in to this show. So I think this is an amazing show and with the health media, I think get out there, continually move your body because when you move your body physically, just don't sit on your computer all day and, and do nothing. So move your body, eat healthy, a mindfulness practice, because that's mm-hmm. going to help your spirit and your soul and your body as well. Laugh more, drink more water, and, and just the whole self being developed. And when you do that, you're, you're, you, you will be on that road and, and being able to conquer things you never thought that you, 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 you could conquer. You would have the energy to do that. You'll be able to, to deflect the negativity around you when you're, mm-hmm. when you're developing yourself that way and, and continue down that journey. And, a, and the higher you rise, the more people are going to try to pull you down. So the champion mm-hmm. is, will stand out. The champion is the person that will continue to move forward despite every, all these naysayers and everything. And, Let me ask you something. Uh, sure. You know, when, you talk, when you talk about um, you know, the mind, body, spirit, spirit, mm-hmm. we didn't really talk too much about yes. it. We don't have that much time left. However, do you believe we all need need to believe in a power that's higher than ourselves to transform? I, I think when whatever, uh, pers- whatever a person will call the power, whatever, whether it's from a religious belief or, or otherwise, mm-hmm. I, think, I think when we look, some, look beyond ourselves, now I like to call that like we have the, the, the God within, and in terms of, of that, mm-hmm. I think, I think if, if I look at the universe and I, I like to look at the universe from a lot of different perspectives. And I remember I, I, uh, in fact, I was, um, which is really ironic. Uh, I was reading a book called the spiritual brain by uh, Mario Beauregard and Denise O'Leary. And, and they talk about, uh, so Mario is a neuroscientist. And he talks about mm-hmm. the existence of the soul and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. and there was a recent study, recent research just came out this week where they talk about that the spiritual part of us, there is actual a spiritual part. And, and I remember even going back where they were, I forget, the researcher back in 1907, and they, he did a, a measurement on the soul. And there where people would actually die and they would drop uh, a, a few ounces in terms of body weight and the soul mm-hmm. was able to, to um, move out of the body. So again, I think 
being able to tap in to a higher, uh, maybe a higher self. I think a lot of people would resonate with that, or, or that mm-hmm. godlike self. Or mm-hmm. if you're, if you have a certain religion, re- religious belief, mm-hmm. to tap mm-hmm. into what God has to offer. I think that will mm-hmm. help. I think that will help us because I, I'm, I'm very analytical. I'm very scientific minded, but I'm also spiritual as well. Well, I, I am too, and and it just seems to me there's a certain uh, percentage of the population that is lost um, mm-hmm. as a result of not tapping in to a higher self mm-hmm. or a higher power mm-hmm. or you know a God within. Uh, they have no center. Mm-hmm. Difficult yeah, to get, I think we need that. Difficult to to yeah. help them transform because they don't have a center. They don't believe in anything at all. You know, it's tough. Really tough. It, it, it is tough, and I think that in especially in a Western culture, uh, when we became uh, a complete focus in in terms of the scientific method which is which is good because that brought us a lot of great stuff i think when when we uh become a reductionist mindset and you only look at at things as its parts we we have lost focus number one on the whole we know in mm-hmm. health that you you cannot uh completely heal a person if you're only focusing in, on trying to do this part, and you may take another part to try to save one part, but you don't know what this other part in the body does. So, mm-hmm. so that's a physical body. But also the mind plays a big part on how the body operates because there's been studies on that, that oh, our sure. mind can affect our body. And we are, we're actually an embodied mind, so our body and mind is one mm-hmm. thing. And then the spirit. Mm-hmm. We cannot become the best that we can be without – that spiritual self because spirit you know uh, you know it's it's in essence that life force that mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that will drive us to to become the higher version of ourselves so we mm-hmm. need to have we need to have this the spirit and we look at inspiration which a spirit is part of that we need to be inspired to something greater than ourselves and not just a reductionist way, not a, a reductionist mindset. And I know that Albert Einstein, and mm-hmm. he looked beyond, uh, beyond uh, his physics. Mm-hmm. He looked great. He was actually uh, spiritual as well. And so was, uh, so was William James. And, and we look back at a lot of them, but I think, a lot of people have become reductionist even more so in terms of the mindset. And we need to mm-hmm. embrace the, the whole and a spirit and our spiritual self is part of the whole of who we really are. Well said, very well said. I'm so glad that we have Thank this you. time together. It's been just yes, wonderful. Me too. Is there yeah. Thank you. something, else you'd like to leave the audience with um, can reach you you have a website etc yes yes they can go to bobchote.com and I'll have links to some other websites and 
And if you want to find out more about Laughter Mindset, you can go to laughtermindset.com. And, and then I'm also on Facebook, so just um, type in Bob, then C-H-O-A-T, and you can find more about me and all the various social media channels and Google me or whatever like that. And, and you can also email me at bobchote at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to connect with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've transformed a lot of Thank people you. today. I'm sure of it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank Take you care. for you too. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye now. Have an amazing day. You too. That wraps up our show for today. Wow, what a show. Please tune in again next Wednesday. We'll have another really interesting, amazing guest. Always do. And until then, be healthy, be happy. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?